These are crops that are more resilient as we go through this gyration and climate change. All right, I think they're right down here on the left. Hello. Hey, Beth. Welcome. It's oh, so good to see you. So this good is to great. see you, too. Thank you for doing this <laughs> Oh, today. thank you. And this is Don Wise. Hi, Don. Yeah. Yes. How are you? It's I'm a pleasure. Fun. I understand you're going to show us some hazelnuts Yes, today. we're yes. going to take you out in this nice fall uh, afternoon and show you the uh, hazelnut plot. So. Yeah, so, Don, we know it's part of a bigger initiative that's called Forever Green. You want to tell us what that is? Yeah, the Forever Green initiative uh, is about 30 years old. And uh, at that time, we decided that the University of Minnesota could play a major role in the development of the next generation of crops. Obviously, we want to develop crops that are highly productive, but we also want to develop crops that produce ecosystem services. So Kernza is one of our perennial crops, along with hazelnuts. Both of these have very deep root systems, and they're able to capture water that's been down in the profile, but they're also set up to capture, if it rains, to capture the moisture uh, from the surface of the soil. So these are crops that are more resilient as we go through this gyration in, uh, in climate change from temperature to rainfall events. Very cool. Uh, can we go outside and take a look? Yes, uh, we'll be able to go out and, and look at a number of the uh, forever green crops, the perennial crops that are under development, and we'll take a special look at, uh, at the hazelnuts. Yeah. So we're outside now at the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota. So Beth, when we talk about regenerative agriculture, why is it important to you in the kitchen? Well, because I really want to know that the things I choose to serve my family and to cook at home are coming from places that are doing good things on the land. And so I love the work that Forever Green Initiative is doing because I know that the crops that are coming from local farms are providing all of these ecological services, things like capturing uh, topsoil, they shelter pollinators, they help protect wildlife. I mean, they provide all of these ecological services that frankly, industrial farming doesn't do. And so they're regenerating a lot of the damage done to our land by industrial practices. And I think that's really important because I want to leave good land for my kids and for my grandkids. And Regenerative takes the idea of sustainable into the future because we're talking about repair. And Don, when we talk about regenerative ag, we talk about high efficiency agriculture. What does that mean? If you look at to the agriculture system that's on the landscape today, it is very productive, but not very efficient. Mm -hmm. For example, in the production of corn, Farmers apply the fertilizer, and 50% of that fertilizer does not end up in the grain. So you're sitting here looking at a, a field or a plot of uh, hazelnuts, and you can see it has continuous living cover. So if we put fertilizer on this land, it's going to stay here. Rather than sending that water and nutrients down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico, it's going to be able to harvest the, the water that's in the soil deep into the soil profile as well as shallow. And how is this more efficient at storing carbon from the atmosphere? Well, these are things that we're studying right now. So the, the, the opportunity to store carbon is 
much higher when you're working with perennial systems. And I think of success stories that the university has had. I think a lot of people know about the Honeycrisp apple. Are there similar opportunities here as you look at this regenerative ag with, when it comes to grains? Well, let's, let's go to hazelnuts. These are equivalent in terms of development to the Honeycrisp. You see this whole array of new seedlings out here. Yes. We're coming in here and evaluating these new hazelnut plants in the same way the apple breeders search for that better apple. And it takes the same period of time. So it needs that long-term investment to actually turn out new crops that have value in the marketplace. So when you talk to people, Beth, obviously we're trying to eat healthier, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of this. But are people thinking about climate and the food system? That's why we're talking about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to be part of the regenerative food chain. I'm really making decisions that are going to impact the future. And I think more people are thinking that way. Um, I hope they are, because it's not about immediate return. It's about investing in the future. And that's what Don is talking about. Plus, the food's better. You know, that's funny, because I know exercise people will say abs are made in the kitchen. (laughs) Maybe climate is made in the kitchen, too. (laughs) I think so. I mean, food's medicine in all kinds of ways, and it's medicine for the earth. Well, Beth Dooley cookbook author, chef. It's a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your perspective on ClimateCast today. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you. And Don Wise from the University of Minnesota, thanks for showing us your hazelnut fields today. Well, we're glad to have you here and we invite you back anytime in the future. That's ClimateCast from the University of Minnesota St. Paul campus. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutner.